Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, Because He Lives. This series digs deep into just how much Jesus' death on the cross impacts us in the best way. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. We're glad you're here in the house with us, as well as those of you who are joining us online. And we're in the middle of this series that we just kicked off last Sunday on the celebration of the resurrection. And and we're talking about because Jesus lives, that has great meaning for our lives. Now, the inspiration for this series uh, come from the lyrics of a song called Because He Lives. And the chorus of the song says this, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Today we're going to look at that truth, that because he lives, we don't have to be afraid. So one of my hobbies, uh, some of you know, is, is hiking and backpacking. And I, I enjoy getting out in nature and taking a hike, whether it's a day hike uh, where you go out just for the day and come back or whether it's several days of hiking and camping in the woods. Uh, you know, for me, that, that's enjoyable. So, you know, I've hiked with friends and with family and I've done several day hikes with friends on the Appalachian Trail. I've done hiking trips also on the Appalachian Trail where we stayed in tents or huts or lean-tos and Since the pandemic, I've actually been uh, doing day hikes on the New England Trail. You may be familiar with it in the area. It's called the Metacomet Trail. It actually crosses Route 20 in East Granby. You drive through it every time you drive to the airport or to 91. Uh, And I just would encourage you if you're uh, ever interested. It's a beautiful hike to do that. Now, while I've done countless day hikes by myself, I've never done an overnight solo hike. And to be completely honest with you, when I think about it, I can honestly say I'm a little afraid uh, to uh, sleep out in the woods alone at night. And uh, so this week, I decided to conquer my fear. Um, This week, I I went out to the Appalachian Trail in uh, western Connecticut, western Massachusetts, and and I went on a solo uh, backpacking trip heading north into Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, it turns out it wasn't so scary after all. And to be completely truthful, there were other people in my campsite. So I really wasn't alone. So uh, still to be determined to do it with nobody, uh, with no other living soul around. Um, But I believe, you know, one of the sources of fear that we experience today is loneliness. In today's world, you don't have to spend the night in the woods by yourself to feel lonely, to feel alone. In fact, in in recent years, actually even before the pandemic, studies showed that there was a significant rise in people's feelings of loneliness. Research in the United States reveals that loneliness has been on the rise since at least 2015, especially among younger people. One study reports that roughly 30% of American millennials report feeling lonely all or most of the time. And similar numbers have been found in Asia and in Western Europe. In fact, in Germany, 70% of the people of the population believe that loneliness is a serious problem. And in the UK, the United Kingdom, it's been reported 
uh, and noted that lonesomeness is especially huge. Over half of UK employees report feeling lonely at work and at home, and nearly 75% describe their neighbors as strangers. In 2016, one in 10 British citizens reported that they did not have a single friend to rely on. And in 2020, that shot up to one in eight. So in 2018, the prime minister went so far as to appoint a minister for loneliness to try to solve that issue in the country. Now, I know all of this talk about loneliness may sound a a bit depressing, especially if you struggle with feelings of loneliness, but the Bible has good news for all people because the resurrection of Jesus reminds us that because he lives, we are not alone. You know, when you feel lonely in life or, or when you're alone in the woods at night and you hear noises that make you feel afraid, you need to know this truth. God is always near you. You know, from a, from a young King David, uh, from a young age, King David believed in God, and he had a very personal relationship with God, which he reveals in many of the works that he authored that are included in the book of Psalms. So, for instance, Psalm 139 is a psalm that King David wrote, and he reveals the relationship that he had with God. And, and as God's word for us, it's become, it shows us that God is always with us. Look at what David wrote about God. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you were there. If I go down to the grave, you were there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You know, when things go bump in the night and you find yourself scared and alone, it's good to know that wherever you are, God is with you and that to God, night shines as bright as day. So God knows what went bump in the night and he's with you no matter what. God is always near us. To make that clear, God sent Jesus to earth so that he, so that we could know and that know him and know that he is near us. And it's no mistake that Jesus was given the prophetic name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God sent Jesus so that we could know that God is real, so that we could know that God is relational, and so that we could know him. And God wants us to know that he is near us at all times. He wants us to know that we can call on him whenever we need to. Now, if you're a student of the scriptures, you know that after the resurrection, Jesus didn't stay on earth. He ascended into heaven. But Jesus and God the Father didn't leave us alone. Together, they conspired to send the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so we need to remember that when we feel afraid, that God gives us 
the Holy Spirit to live with us forever. Now, here's how this promise is given to us in the scriptures. And remember, it was given to the disciples 2,000 years ago, but it's given to every successive generation of followers of Jesus. And so Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, you will do as I command. Then I will ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit who will help you and always be with you. The Spirit will show you what is true. The people of this world cannot accept the Spirit because they don't see or know him. But you know the Spirit who is with you and will keep on living in you. I won't leave you like orphans. Several years ago, I read a great book about the Holy Spirit. And the title of the book took off from this promise that we just read in Scripture. So the book's title is this. Jesus Continued. Why the Spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. And now in the book, Pastor J.D. Greer writes this. When I read the book of Acts, I don't have any problem seeing how the apostles would have considered the Spirit's presence in them to be better than Jesus beside them. They turn out, after all, to be much more effective witnesses after Jesus leaves. Think about it. The same Peter who denied Christ three times in one night before the Spirit came boldly tells a crowd in Acts 2, you crucified Christ by wicked hands. And then 3,000 people get saved and are baptized on the spot. And while the Holy Spirit worked through Peter in Jerusalem, in Acts 15, he was simultaneously speaking through Paul in Philippi in, in uh, Acts 16. He was the Spirit was in two places at once. Jesus in his incarnation couldn't have done that. But now that the Holy Spirit has come, God's power was not localized in one person in one place. He was in every believer scattered all over the world with his power. Now, this is bonus information. If you don't already know this, you need to know it. Not only does the Holy Spirit live in you, but you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to remind you that the Holy Spirit lives with you and you're not alone and to help you accomplish the will of God in your life. Now, if you want to explore more about the Holy Spirit's presence in your life and, and what it means, I highly recommend the book Jesus Continued. So I, I encourage you to, to take a look at it. But there's one more important thing about what God tells us that helps us deal with the fear of being alone. God gives us a forever family. The Apostle Paul reminds us that Christians are part of a family that we belong to forever. In fact, he writes this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So as Christians, you and I are part of the family of God. We are connected. And as scripture says, we belong to each other. And since we belong to each other, we need to always take that next step to connect with each other, to build relationships, to get to know each other, to, to actually pursue one another. Of course, I realize that 
even in a crowd of people, in a gathering, even like on Sunday morning, you can feel alone. For, for years, uh, I, I used to serve uh, one week at a summer camp, vol- volunteering to be on the, the staff of this Christian camp. And, and every summer on that first day when I arrived, I have to admit, I, I felt this pervasive sense of loneliness. And though I was surrounded by dozens of other staff members that were serving that week, I, I couldn't help but, but shake it. Every year I felt lonely and I felt out of place. And while I realize uh, that, uh, and I believe that our feelings are important for us to pay attention to, I also have come to realize that what I feel can obscure the truth. In those instances, the truth was I was feeling lonely, but the truth was also that I was not alone. As I reflect back on that, I I suspect feelings like that probably came from childhood at some point. When I remember when I went to sleepaway camp for the first time in life, I didn't know anybody, rode the bus all by myself with a bunch of people I had never met before. And it took probably a day before I felt comfortable at that camp. And so that's probably why that, that would cycle back with me. Whenever I feel lonely in a crowd, it's important that I acknowledge that feeling, feeling but it's also important that I pursue connections with others. So I no longer feel alone. It's also important that I pause here and talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we're part of the body of Christ, and Christ's body has a mission, and that mission is something that Jesus gave us to fulfill, and that mission is to share the good news of Jesus with all people and help them become part of the body of Christ and to also build up those who are in the body of Christ. So, since you're coming here to this part of the body of Christ known as Valley Brook, I'm going to challenge you and ask you to engage with one another. Uh, Whenever you're here, I'm going to ask you to to greet other people, people that you know, people that you don't know. I'm going to ask you to to actually join a small group, a life group we call, join a serving team where you can get involved and build relationships and, and build connections and serve God and serve one another. Why? Because I believe making those connections with somebody may be the very thing that helps bring that person to faith in Jesus Christ, that helps change their eternity. And it may be something that God uses to build up somebody who's lonely and to encourage them. You see, I want all of us to remember that because Jesus lives, we're never alone. But I also want you to remember that because he lives, he wants you and I to do our part to be part of the family of God, connecting and building relationships. You know, um, being alone can make us afraid, but we also need to know that because he lives, we need not fear. So staying on this hiking theme, uh, when my son was in his early teens, we uh, went on an overnight camping trip, uh, and this time we actually did camp with nobody else. There was nobody else around us, and I remember it was a late day we got started, and uh, we, we got to our campsite, and the sun was already beginning to set, so we set up our tent, um, we, we made dinner, and quite honestly, by the time we had cleaned up after dinner, it was practically dark, so we, we got into our tents, and... and uh, uh, into the tent and got ready for the night. And uh, he fell asleep right away. 
But as I was laying there waiting for sleep to come, I heard something go boom out in the woods. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I, I was no longer sleepy. Um, and uh, I laid there, and then I heard something on the other side of the tent, same noise. And at this point, I think my heart rate had picked up. And uh, I, I laid awake for hours hearing noises all over the woods around me. Somewhere along in the night, I finally fell off to sleep, and uh, I woke up early in the morning, and I was curious to see uh, if uh, any animals had visited us. Now, we, we had been very careful. We had hung our, our food bag up in a tree to keep it away from bears, and I got out, and the food bag was there, no problems. And as I was standing there, I heard that noise behind me, and I turned. And as I turned... I saw an acorn rolling down the ground. And I looked around. We had set up our tent in a grove of oak trees. And that noise, those noises that I heard all night long were, were acorns falling from the trees. But honestly, they felt like elephants jumping out of trees. So, you know, while fear is normal and natural, it's a reaction to things that scare us or threaten us. There is this truth, that because Jesus lives, we should not live in fear. So when we stop and think about it, there's a long list of things that can make us afraid and that could cause us to live in fear. And I want you to know and understand that, that just like uh, loneliness is a feeling that God created us to feel, so is fear. There's nothing wrong with feeling either of those emotions, but God doesn't want us to live our lives in that constant state. In the book of Isaiah, God gives us this encouragement saying, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to know that he is with us. He wants us to know that he gives us strength to face whatever life throws at us. He wants us to know that he will support us and he will hold us up. He says specifically that he will hold us up with his victorious right hand. So whenever the Bible talks about the right hand of God, it refers to God's strength and power. So the victorious right hand of God emphasizes that God's strength and power is there to give us victory in life. Even when we're afraid, he gives us victory over fear. It's important that we understand that God loves each of us, that he cares about each of us and our individual lives. He wants us to live in that truth and not in fear. The, the Apostle John reminds us that God's perfect love casts out all fear. So when we focus on how much God loves us, we'll not live in fear. Now, one of the things that can create fear and anxiety are our thoughts about the future, but because of Jesus... We need to remember that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Uh, Cynthia was away this week, uh, earlier in the week, and I, I was home uh, fixing dinner, and I turned on the television, and as I was fixing food, I was sort of paying attention with my ears of what I was hearing uh, during a commercial break, and one commercial after the other was using the fear of something in life 
to market and advertise products to those of us that had the television on. There, there was a commercial uh, about a way to uh, alert emergency services if you have a fall. There was also uh, one about selling a, a product to um, take care of your online identity. And then there was another one about a phone that could alert first responders if you had an accident. But what I realized was that they were just fear-mongering. They, they were using the fear of something that may happen to you sometime in life to make money. And I could see how people could see a lot of those type of commercials and would be very prone to to be anxious about what could happen and, and then obviously purchase those services. But long before the invention of the television, God gave us this instruction about the fears of the future. The Bible tells us through the Apostle Peter to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, some translations will say cast all your cares on God, but I think the word anxiety best captures the intention of the letter of Peter who wrote to Christ's followers who were facing persecution for their faith. And I don't mean people were saying, you know, ugly things to them. People were being killed because they were followers of Jesus. Now, facing that kind of persecution would raise my cares and my concerns to a higher level, to the, to the level of anxiousness. But God's word says, when we feel anxious, give that anxiety to God because he cares about us and he's willing to take that feeling, that anxiety upon himself. And there's nothing wrong or sinful about feeling anxious. Again, God created us with the ability to feel that, but just like fear, he doesn't want us to live stuck in that. So whatever tomorrow holds, whatever you're dreading that's coming into your life soon, whatever you're worried about, you can face that by giving those anxious thoughts to God and letting him carry them instead of you. And here's what we need to know, no matter what we face or what we fear. Because he lives, we know that God is for us. I want you to just listen to these words of Scripture. Let them sink into your heart and into your mind. This is from the book of Romans. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You don't have to fear anything because God is for you. 
Nothing can separate you from God. As Christ followers, we have nothing to fear because Jesus lives and defeated the power of sin to separate us from God and the power of death to separate us from God eternally. We can live forever with God. So we can be fearless. So what should you do if you're afraid or experience the fear of loneliness or fear of anything? Talk to God and lay your fears before him. So I'll return to where I started. You know, on that hiking trip, the the fear of being alone overnight in the woods was not an issue. Uh, But I did struggle uh, with another fear. Uh, I was hiking on those very hot days, hot temperatures, and I was going through a lot of water that first day, and I hadn't really stopped to think about that there's no foliage on the trees. So I was basically in the sun the whole time, and I went through a lot of water. And when I tried to resupply my water, the water filter that I brought was barely working. So during that first day, I had to deal with the fear of not having enough water. Uh, You know, getting dehydrated, being out in the woods miles away from any kind of of help. And uh, so what did I do? I spent a lot of time praying while I was walking. And uh, when I finally got to my campsite, I was able to, to get things working enough to get some water. But here's what I was reinforced with. Because Jesus lives, we can talk to God anytime, anywhere, and he hears us. And he will take our fears, and he will remind us that we're not alone. So I want to encourage you with just a a couple of thoughts. Last week, we gave away uh, books like this. It says, what on earth am I here for? I I hope you picked some up. If you didn't, I want to encourage you to pick them up again. They're in the cafe. I would encourage you to read them personally and then invite somebody to read them with you uh, just to remind you that, that God has made you on purpose and he doesn't want you to be afraid of being alone because he's with you. And that's a message that the entire world needs to hear, and it's one that we've been charged by Jesus, commissioned by Jesus to share with the world. So take more than one copy. Take a couple of copies. Give them to somebody. Then say, hey, why don't we get together for coffee and talk about it? If you need a Spanish version, you can see one of the ushers after the service, and they'll give you a Spanish version. But here's the big idea. We've been promised that because Jesus lives, we don't have to be afraid of anything. He is always with us, even as we seek to be fully devoted followers of Jesus and share our faith with other people. So I want to close in a prayer time, and I want to pray for us as believers that we would not be afraid in anything in life, and that we would walk boldly as his followers. And I recognize some of you saying, well, you know, I've never really talked to God. I've never really begun that relationship. So I'm going to begin with a prayer for you and invite you to actually tell him that you believe in him and want to follow him. So I'm going to invite you guys to bow your heads and pray and uh, would love to spend this time in prayer. So Father, as we gather here, we recognize that you are present through the power of your Holy Spirit in this room and in each one of our lives, and we praise you for that. And Father, I realize that for some people who are listening or here today or online, that they may have never told you they believed in you and want to follow you. And so if that represents where you are in your relationship to God, 
I want to invite you to begin a relationship with him now by, by telling him you believe in him and want to follow him. So I'm going to give you some words that you can pray silently back to God. Here's the first phrase. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Go ahead and pray that silently. I believe that Jesus died to pay for my sins. I accept his forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. And today I declare that I want to follow him for the rest of my life. And we'll say amen to that part of the prayer, but I want to continue. And I want to pray for all of us who are followers of Jesus. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would know without a doubt that you are with us in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our loneliness. Lord, I pray that you would remind us and nudge us through your Holy Spirit that you are there present with us, that you would encourage us to lean into your presence, that you would encourage us to build community in the body of Christ, that you would give us power to share with folks, our neighbors, our friends, our family, about our faith in you, that you would encourage us and embolden us to do our part to build your kingdom. And so, Lord, I, I pray for each one of us in our personal relationship with you that you would be present with us, that you would affirm this and confirm it in some way in our lives right now or later today, that you would show your presence and that we would sense it and we would know that you are real and we are never alone and so we don't have to live in fear. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.